And Luke and Carly are only having one. So I said, you guys get out your phone and see if you can airdrop them one. And so we, we tried to find the app and airdrop a child. You have not because you drop not. Amen. There we go. Amen. Praise the Lord. But we're excited about everything that's going. And let me just encourage you. This over here, this is our prayer wall, but this is our wall of testimony over here of God answering prayer. And so many of you may have a prayer request, but if you've got your prayer request over there, maybe you lost it, but God answered it. And you go, I know I have a prayer request over there. I'm not quite sure where it is. I know what panel it's on. I know what it was for, but I don't remember. But write out the answer and put it over here because it's powerful when you go by and you read the answer. We want to get, our goal is, is that we want to see the answers over there. So people, you know, somebody believing for marriages and families, go over there and read about the answers of marriages and families over there. Read about salvation. Read about healing and provision. God, you're doing it. You're going to answer my prayer too. Amen? So if you have a prayer request, if you have an answer, that hasn't made it over there yet, get your testimony over there so you can encourage and inspire others. Praise the Lord. And then also, guys, don't forget, get signed up for our men's conference coming up in April. All kinds of great things. And uh, I'll just share this. Uh, you know, I think I shared it in first service a while back. I don't remember if I shared it here, but I, uh, I heard the story a while back. And just when Valentine's Day and families and love and all that stuff. But there was a, a young man and a young married guy and like Luke, and Carly and us and them, and they're expecting their first baby, and he was in the grocery store, and he's walking down the aisle, and there were two moms standing there talking, and uh, they both had two small children, about three years old, a little boy and a little girl, and both the moms were expecting their second child, and so they're standing there talking back and forth, and as he walked by, he heard the children conversing, and so being an expecting father, he kind of faked like he was looking the items on that aisle and listened to the children talk back and forth. And so uh, the, the, the little girl talking about, oh, we're getting ready to have a little brother or sister. And the little girl's going, yeah, we're having another little girl. And the little boy goes, oh, that's awesome. My mommy and daddy don't know what we're having yet. But they said if it's a little girl, they're going to name her Charlotte. But if it's a little boy like me, they're going to call him quits. <laughs> Amen. So happy Valentine's Day to you. It's all about the family. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. And then just to set the record straight, because Dr. Sam yesterday, we were just talking in the hallway about doing different things and meeting. He was talking to Bill and Lori and how they met and dating and all that stuff. And I would tell him the anniversary of Sue and I meeting. So this Valentine's Day, in fact, the banquet we had last night is, uh, this is our 37th anniversary of us spending our first Valentine's together. But the way it transpired for us is that we were both uh, set up to go to the Valentine's dinner with other people. And uh, I was going with a young lady named Karen. She was going with a gentleman named Ken. And uh, neither one of us cared too much about either one of them. And we began hanging out with each other. And we're attracted to each other. And uh, so uh, we started looking at the Valentine's Day. Really decided we didn't want to be at that dinner and look at other people with each other. So we decided we wanted to be with ourselves for Valentine's Day. 
And uh, so we uh, told those people we would not be going to the Valentine's Day dinner and kind of politely broke it all off and, uh, in some kind of a manner. And uh, so then we went over to our pastor's daughter's house and uh, her husband, Steve, Steve and Debbie Smith. And uh, they were both, she was Sue's bridesmaid. Steve was my best man in our wedding and that. And uh, so we began to sit there and her date had bought her, you know, like one of those giant four foot round hearts of chocolate, something like that. Just a massive box of chocolates and stuff. And so we took them over to Steve and Debbie's with us and we were <laughs> commencing to, you know, Enjoy the chocolates, hallelujah, and watch some old black and white movies. And all of a sudden we heard on the door there, we opened the door, and there's Ken. And we politely thanked him for the chocolates, but told him he wasn't allowed to stay. <laughs> no. Amen. No, he came in, saw us eating chocolate, kind of hung around and said, oh, man. But you know, if your, wife, if your date is eating chocolates with another man, you probably weren't in the game. Amen. So, glory to God. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Amen. Silly boy. All right. Look at, the, <laughs> look at the cover of your outline. Amen. Life should be fun. You guys have, who else has a funny story? Huh? Well, you guys are boring people. I'll tell you right now. You need more of me in your life. I need to just come visit, hang out a few days a week in your house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Look at the cover of your outline. Taking the leap of faith. We're starting a series the next five weeks on the awesome power of faith. We're going to be talking about being used by God and taking the leap of faith. I took a leap. I asked Sue, I said, hey, you don't want to go with that guy. You want to go with me, huh? The leap of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. It takes that. You have to break in. You have to be daring. You got to dare to eat other man's chocolate if you want to get your promise. Yeah, face danger. Hallelujah. Amen. So the awesome power of faith. So going into this year, beginning this year, we spend time fasting and praying. My question is, when you're fasting and you're praying and you're seeking God, what are you going after? What's the purpose of fasting and prayer? Jesus said when, when the disciples wanted to cast out the devil and they couldn't, he says you can't because of your unbelief. And he said these kind go out by fasting and prayer. So one reason for fasting and for praying is to stir ourselves up and build ourselves up in our faith so we can take greater leaps for God and accomplish more of what he desires to do through our lives. How many would agree? Amen. And so I put this verse as we get started this morning. I, I put this verse on the cover of your outline. That's going to be kind of our, our, our keynote text for this. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 from the New Living Translation. It's there on your outline. And it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. impossible. It's a, listen to what the writer of the Hebrews said. It is impossible. It's not probable. It's not maybe. It's not could be. It is impossible. To please God without faith. What does that mean? That means I can believe in God. I can love God. I can say, talk about God. But I cannot please God without faith. 
without some kind of action and engagement of what I believe in my life. It's too easy to have a belief, but have no active engagement in what I believe. Do you understand? That's a different. The Bible says all of the devils of hell believe, but they're not living by faith, and they're definitely not pleasing God. So the writer of the Hebrews said, hey, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who what? Sincerely seek him. Sincerely. Now, let me just go back to the chocolates for a moment. Because I was sincerely seeking Sue. Sounds like a movie, but it's not. I was, <laughs> I was sincerely seeking my wife. And if I'm going to win her, it's going to take some action. I have to be engaged. I have to be in the, pro- in the process. I have to go after what I desire, what I'm looking for, the same thing in God. You, you have to sincerely see. So I was willing to put some things on the line. I was willing to cut it off with somebody else. Even though she thought I was all that and a bag of chips, I had to tell her she didn't have the money. So I just had to move on. <laughs> so all this, so, but, but you have to sincerely seek. You have to sincerely seek Him. You have to go after God. So when people say, well, I'm a Christian, we throw that around. Amen. That's like saying, I can dunk. Somewhere along the line, you say, I want to see it. Well, I can dunk on my grandkids' little breakdown thing. It's no problem at all. But to dunk on her, I can't do that. You know, I believe I would like to. Yeah, I would like, to. but but how many know all that stuff now with when it, with a like a foot and a half yeah. coming back? You know, I I have no vertical. It's awesome. <laughs> hey man, until this Achilles thing come back, then I'm just working on what I got. But so be a Christian. To be a Christian. And to seek God, there must be faith and a evidence of sincerely going after Him. And He is a rewarder of those who sincerely seek Him. And so if I am deceiving myself, saying that I'm living by faith, but there's no active action and there's no sincerity in my seeking Him, then I'm probably, according just to the Bible, not going to see the reward. How many would agree? So if I want the reward, I have to follow the pattern that is there. Make this confession with me this morning. Father, today I choose to break from my doubts, fears, insecurities, and the lies of the devil that seek to hinder and restrain my faith in you. No longer will I be content to be a spectator in the kingdom of God. I, today I choose to take the leap of faith, believing to see all that you have purpose for my life to come to pass and to live for your glory in Jesus name everybody said amen Amen. so taking the leap of faith to be used by God it will take a leap of faith in your life believing getting outside of your comfort zone 
I asked him to put up John chapter 15, and we're going to read it through the Message Bible. And uh, did he have that up for you, Luke? Did he leave that up? John chapter 15 in the Message Bible. Well, that's all right. Oh, thank you, son. You're awesome. Amen. Follow along with me as we read through this. Listen to what Jesus said. Now, 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 let me just put this into context. John chapter 13, Jesus is in the upper rooms with the disciples. They're having the Last Supper. He's washing their feet. John chapter 14, he's literally telling them, I'm going to be betrayed into the hands of the sinners. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again on the third day. He's preparing them for this great transition. He's telling them about the Holy Spirit who is going to come. And then in chapter 16, he goes on telling them some more about the transition, about the Holy Spirit, and about God being in them and with them and working through them. And then right in the middle... He throws chapter 15, between 14 and 15, he puts in, he he breaks in, he says, and he begins teaching them about the vine and the branches and God's purpose in their life to be a people of productivity. A people who produce that God's purpose is to produce through our life. So follow through as we read there. I am the real vine and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. How many know he just got personal? Amen. And every branch that is grape bearing, he prunes back so it will what? Bear even more. So look at what Jesus said. That, that I'm the vine... You are the branches. My father is the husbandman. He's the farmer. And he's going to work in your life. How many have ever felt God pruning something in your life? It wasn't just because he's trying to just get stuff out of you. God wants you to bear much fruit. To have much increase attached to your life. Think about it. So it will bear more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken to you. So God always uses the word to prune us. Verse 4, live in me. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch cannot bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. Everybody look up here just for a moment. God is not asking you to produce of yourself. One of the greatest hindrances that people have is we look at, well, how, how am I going to do that? He didn't ask I to do anything. He asked I to abide. He's not asking you. He says, abide in me. And what is in me as the vine is going to flow out of me into you. And what comes from me flowing through you is going to produce increase through your lives. Your part, stay in. Amen? Stay connected. Keep abiding. Praise the Lord. And so, verse 8, 5 and 8. I am the vine. You are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. Did you get that? Living with him, whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. Wow. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples, 
Now, let me just ask you this for a second. How many know Jesus is not talking about grapes? Can we just get this as, a, this as an analogy? This is an illustration? Let me ask you, what do you think Jesus is talking about? He's talking about increase. He's talking about bearing fruit. What in the world is he illustrating? Souls. People. God has connected a harvest of people to your life. Every single one of you. The moment you are born again, the moment you accept Christ, you are grafted into the vine. And His declared will and intention is that you bear a harvest of soul that connected to your life, lives, there will be an increase of life brought into the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Could you agree with that this morning? Either that or we just need to... Start a vineyard. <laughs> Amen. So, watch it. Look at verse 9 and 10. I loved you the way my Father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my command, you remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. I've kept my Father's command and made myself at home in His love. I told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. How many know that takes a leap of faith? Putting your life on the line for your friend. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master has planned, thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to do what? To bear fruit. There we go. Put you in the world to bear fruit. And fruit that what? Won't spoil. Wow. As fruit bearers. Look at this. As fruit bearers. Everybody say fruit bearers. Because how many have heard? I, I like the way the message says it. Because it says if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But the message qualifies. As fruit bearers. If you're a fruit bearer. Whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. So the qualifier is bearing fruit. People say, well, my prayers aren't getting answered. Start bearing some fruit. Give God something to answer. Let me put you on the other side. Every need of your life is met when you're bearing fruit. God will continually supply your need so you can bear fruit. Are you with me? He answers those prayers. That's kingdom, economic, and the way he works. So watch it. So it's fruit bearers. Verse 17, remember the root command, love one another. How many know to love one another takes a leap of faith? So look at the front of your outline there. We're taking the leap of faith, bearing much fruit. Knowing, now watch this, knowing and teaching faith is not the same as taking the leap of faith. How many would agree? See, I'm teaching. I'm going to teach you. I'm, I'm going to do my best to teach on faith over these next five weeks. But knowing faith and teaching faith is not the same as living by faith. 
And living by limits is not living by faith. Having limits is not living by faith. Everything God asks you to do is beyond the limit of your ability. It relies completely on Him. It takes our total and complete dependence upon Him by faith. Amen. So what are we going to do? It's just time to take the leap. How many would agree? Come on, we fasted and prayed for 21 days. Let's go ahead and jump at something. Praise the Lord. If nothing else, we'll be called the Froggy Church. Hallelujah. All we're doing is leaping around here. Glory to God. Amen. There's supposed to be red-legged frogs. We'll just call ourselves Red-Legged Fellowship because there's supposed to be red-legged frogs around here. Well, moving right along, I'm getting crazy now. So think about it. Everything God has put in our lives is for the purpose of increase. Everything God has put in our lives is for the purpose of increase. Everything. His first statement to man in Genesis 1.28, look at it. Be fruitful and multiply. The message said prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. When God created man, he didn't say Adam and Eve, just hang out. Just, you know, it's just your family. It's cool. The two of you, you know, God bless you. You're such a cool couple, you know, and I'll just come down every day and just bless you. God did not allow, He did not create Adam and Eve to have a one relationship with God. How do you like me now? They were not allowed just to stay in the garden. This is a cool garden. Everything is here. All of our needs are met. God has blessed everything here. And just me and Eve, it is so awesome. And we're just hanging. And then God comes and walks with us. We just have this special time with God every day. And we just love hanging out with God. God said, hey, wait, 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 wait. Be fruitful and multiply. But God, we just love hanging out with you. We love you so much. And we think somehow if we just tell him we love him more, we can be disobedient. All right, moving right along. So so he declared everything should be fruitful and multiply. Look inside your outline. We just read... Jesus making that same declaration as one of his last statements to his disciples. Why? Because, stay with me Luke, because it is God's declared will for his creation. It is God's declared will for his creation that you be fruitful. What did he say in the beginning? Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. What God declares, he intends to come to pass. And he created man. And you were man created in his image. And his declared will over your life is to be fruitful and to multiply. But it will require a leap of faith. Every time. Why? He declared that we would be fruitful and multiply and increase in Him. And He has equipped us with all that we will ever need to do it. Think about it. All we have to do is abide in Him and take the leap of faith. God's equipped you with what you need to do. I'm amazed. I honor God. Sue and I honor God with our tithe and our offering. And we've given abundantly and above. I love proving God. God says, hey, prove me. Go ahead. Take a leap at proving me. Go ahead. Try to prove me unfaithful. 
try to prove me that I won't do what I said I would do. And then everything God has asked us to do has been the beyond the limit of our ability to do it. But every time we stir ourselves up to take a leap, he always provides. It's amazing. It's exciting. What a great life in God. Hallelujah. The leap of faith is the action required on our part in agreement with his declared purpose for our life. If you notice this morning, I got you out of comfort mode, meaning there are blanks in your outline. And if you go home today without filling them in, you're going home with blanks in your life. And you can't kill nothing with blanks. You can't whip the devil. See, I apologize. I've made you lazy believers. Because you just go, pastor's going to type out a great lesson. I just get to follow along. And so I sit and I listen to pastor. And he gets excited. And I love him when he gets excited. When he wears his glasses. That swooshing groove. That's also fun. But I don't know how all the statistics are. But if you're just listening this morning, you will barely retain what you hear until you get out that door. If you listen and watch and, and you're interacted in, with, with listening and seeing, it goes up. If you listen, see, and write, it goes up exponentially of what you retain. Amen. And I write down, if, 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 you'll see me when we have guests or different places I go. I have a little keyboard that comes with this. And I take notes on every speaker we have, every person, every place we go. I take notes. Because I find if I will be looking to learn, God will always be adding to me. People say, Pastor, you have a great memory. I do. Because I don't just listen, I write. Before I had this, I had notepads. I have piles of notepads and, and, and things because I love writing down. When I read my Bible, I read, I highlight, and I write. And so I, I, I want to be engaged. It's amazing what it does for your memory. And so if you're going to take a leap of faith, part of your leap is going to have to go to a new level while you're just sitting right here during the sermons. You're going to have to engage at a new level. You're going to have to bring a pen with you again. Okay, if you need one, we will give you one. If you can't afford a pen, one will be provided for you, okay? So we'll get you your first pen so you can fill in the blanks. Doing all right? But here's what happens. People think, I'm just going to go to church and listen, and then I'm going to be able to stomp the devil. No, you're not. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Amen. I doing okay? So it takes some it takes some effort. It will take some effort on your part getting involved. So fill in the blank. So the leap of faith is the action required on our part to do that. Watch this. There is always a required corresponding action in faith that releases His promise through our life. There is always a required corresponding action on our part that releases His promise through our life. There's something you have to do. Give. Don't get ahead of me. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. There is always something that you have to do. Amen. There is always. Faith has an action. Faith is not believing. 
it's connected to believing, but it is not just believing. Let me go you back. The disciples believed in Jesus and were following him. But when it came time to act, they had no faith. Their believing couldn't help them. So Jesus said, Jesus said to the believers that were with him, how is it you have no faith? But wait a minute, they were believers. They've forsaken everything. They're following, and they're being rebuked by the Lord for not having faith. Are we doing okay? And so for us, we have to stir ourselves up and rethink something. How many know sometimes you just got to slap yourself? Make yourself wake up and rethink something. You, the, the key is, here's the key. You have to be honest with yourself. How many, like it, how many love it when people lie to you? How many appreciate that? How many get upset when people lie to you? Why don't you get that same attitude towards yourself? How you like me now? Because if I'm deceiving myself, go deal with somebody going through recovery. It's all good. I'm under control, man. Oh, shut up. You're out of control. No, I'm not, man. I can handle it. I'm good. Can you loan me 50 bucks? No, because you're li- you continue to lie to yourself. You lie to yourself and give false promises to me so you can take advantage of me with a lie. But we do the same thing to ourselves. I-, I had a young man I was trying to help last year and, and, and help him out. And he goes, oh, Pastor, man, I'm so sorry. I disrespected you. I said, you're not disrespecting me, man. I'm in my home. I'm in my bed. I- I'm-, I'm not. You're disrespecting yourself. Until the day you're tired of disrespecting yourself. You won't change. And until the day you and I as believers were tired of disrespecting ourselves, we're telling ourselves religious lies that keep us from taking that leap of faith. Do I still have any friends in the house this morning? (laughs) But then it breaks through. So watch this. Watch it. So something, there's always that corresponding, now the next one, look, something to do or not to do. So there's always something to do or not to do. In the Word of God, you read it, there's something to do or something not to do. In the Garden of Eden, God put two trees. He said, Adam, don't eat. How many know it takes as much faith not to do as it does to do? And in the garden, it's kind of a reverse principle there because in the garden, Adam was eternally alive. Adam and Eve were eternally alive. They're they're not wearing clothes. They're clothed with the glory of God. They're clothed with the glory of God. And God says, in the day you eat, you will die. There's no death. They've never experienced death. So by faith, they had to believe in death by faith. We believe in life by faith. We're coming out of death into life. God said, if you eat, you will go from life into death. We're coming from death into life. But God said, you will go from life into death. And they had to believe that by faith. And the way they believed it by faith was not touching, not eating. And sometimes not doing is as challenging as doing. Not to do. 
Amen. We come up with all we, we, we come up today with all kinds of excuses why it's okay to do what we're not supposed to do. Because it takes too much faith to not do. All right, moving right along. Because the promise of the pleasure we think is worth it. So we try to get over there in it, which is what the devil gave to them. So think about it. Look at here. Adam, don't eat. Noah, build an ark. Abraham, get out. Listen to what, what happens. You read your scriptures, you find that Jesus told the people, fill the pots with water. He told the leper, go dip seven times. He told Gideon and his army, break your lanterns and shout. He told Moses, stretch out your rod. He told the paralyzed man, take up your bed and walk. He told the blind man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Let me give it to you right here and just break it down just for a second right here. Jesus sees the blind man sitting by the road, puts mud in his eyes. Listen to what he says. Now go wash in the pool of Siloam. Many of us, if we were sitting here today and we had an ailment or a problem and, and say we were blind and, and, and people could have done, the blind man could have done this, is that he put mud in our eyes and the first thing we say, pull asylum, get this mud out. I'm sitting here minding my own business. You come up teaching your disciples. It's not my, I'm blind. It's not my fault. They're stupid. But you got to illustrate by shoving stuff in my face. So he put this mud in my eyes. And now you tell me i got to find somebody. I'm blind. How do I get to the pool of Siloam? i got to get somebody to lead me there. Are you with me? But Jesus said specifically, go wash in the pool of Siloam. I submit to you, if he would have washed in any other water, he would not have received his sight. And what we try to do, we call taking what Jesus said and doing it our way, washing in different water and believing that we're going to get the same result, but we're living in a blind age of personal deception. Woo! So, what do I do? Do what he said. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, keep my command. He didn't make a suggestion to the guy. He said, go, I guarantee the tone of his voice, let the man know other water wasn't an option. Do you know what I'm saying? It was a command, not a suggestion. And the part of the leap of faith is to get over and get past the deception of suggestion when it comes to the word of God. And start living in obedience to his command. Look at that. He said to his disciples, you give them something to eat. And then give and it shall be given unto you. Look at this next. We must first fight to break out and break free from the generation of sit and wait for others to do it for you. That's a generation we live in. Sit and wait for others to do it for you. You don't believe that? Why is Bernie Sanders whooping Hillary Clinton? Because we have a whole generation raised up believing everything's free. We've told them. And, and, and then we have parents. Even you and I, we're being marketed that we're bad parents because we're not giving enough to our children. We're not considering our children. We're not concerned enough about their needs. My goodness. Now, when babies are born, you know, how many when, when your children were born, guys, you weren't allowed even, you, you were barely allowed at the hospital. Now you can go in the birthing room. You can do all that stuff. When Sean was born, they said, wait here. We'll let you know. 
You know, and, so you, and we have the old picture of guys pacing up and down in the waiting room doing all that stuff. Now you're in there, and now once the baby's born, they're going, do you want skin-on-skin skin time? I said, no, dude, I'm a guy. I ain't doing no skin-on-skin. Skin. But now you got a bond. you got a skin-on-skin. Skin, and, and, you know, no, so, so that first hour, that's so important. I'm like, no wonder I'm crazy. I've never had skin-on-skin skin time. <laughs> what? I was never sanitized. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so we're conditioned. And so now our kids, and so children have been made the idols of the age. And we're taught to worship our children. And our children are saying, about, give me what is mine. Give me, mama, bring me more. Papa, work some overtime. And so we have a generation of sit and wait for others to do it for you, pay for it for you, and you wonder how is a socialist getting that far? But look at the, the generation of get it free while others work to pay for it. The Bernie generation that is singing the song of freedom all the way into slavery. Feel the burn will take on a whole new meaning in the end. Too many will feel the burn for all of eternity. Think about it. God never created anything to stay at the value of one. You were not created to stay at the value of one. Nobody gets saved just to be a believer. The moment you're saved, you're grafted into Christ. And the moment you're grafted into Him, you are a branch that He expects fruit from. Amen. But I, that, that takes a huge leap of faith for me to believe in the flow of His life through my life that produces harvest for His glory. Wow. Think about it. Everything alive is growing. It must be the same with our walk and with our personal experience. We must be growing and generating increase. You and I, for me to be at a place in my walk with God, if my life is not generating increase for His kingdom, I need to quit lying to myself. Amen. Amen. And shake myself and take that leap. Praise the Lord. Now think about it. Let me just interject this here. If you ever talk to somebody who's depressed and discouraged, if you listen to them, their conversation will be focused around themselves. Nobody understands me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody ever calls me. Nobody, uh, uh, just me, 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 me. And then they go, I, I just don't, I don't think anybody would care if I was here or not. And so we get all introspectively focused. And God says, look at branches, a branch, branches don't hang out on vines going, oh, the vine doesn't care about me. How <laughs> I many know what I'm saying? The, the illustration is, is outward. Outward. And let me just put it like, you know what this is right here? It, look, watch, watch. You, you know why a lot of people change church? Because nobody loved them here. I thought you were supposed to love us. I didn't mean, I'm moving right along. But wait a minute. But, but because, 
This is not the game. This is not the game. You know what this is? This is a locker room. You know what I am? I'm just trying to get you ready for the game. Because when you walk out the door, you enter the game. This is not the harvest field. This is the grain bin. This is where we gather. This is where we bring it in. This is where we prep it. This is where we get it used. This is where all the development takes place. Years ago, I was used to be bothered about being in a warehouse. I still believe this isn't our final resting place. But being in a warehouse, the Spirit of God told me this. He says, hey, you're a Holy Ghost factory anyway. So it's good to be an industrial park, and we're manufacturing believers in here, raising up disciples. Are you with me? And so with that, here we are in here and working. But this is the locker room. The game is out there. And if I'm a believer, how many know everybody at the Super Bowl, everybody has an opinion about how the game is being played? You go to the basketball, everybody in the stands. I can't believe they ran that play. I think they should have ran this play. Blah, 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 blah. And everybody had opinion, but they're not in the game. And opinions don't matter until you're in the game. I'm like this. Nice opinion. Run the play. Show me how it works. Well, no, if I run, I might get hit. Welcome to the game. It's easy to have an opinion. Well, I think they ought to do this. I think they ought to do that. I think they need to get in the game. Oh, shut up and get in the game. Show me how that's done. But I'd, I'd have to change things. It would require a leap of faith. How you like me now? Amen. So what do I got to do? You got to get in the game. Think about it. We must be growing. Must be increased. Think, so what, look at what we're going to do. In, for the second year in El Dorado County... At our county fair, in the year when you're not supposed to say Merry Christmas, in the age, you're not supposed to say Merry Christmas, you're not supposed to say anything, Eldorado County Fairground says, hey, would you guys come do church on our stage? Would you come sing about God, talk about God, give an altar call? But... They didn't do it just so this group can go to the fairgrounds and get excited about having church at the fairgrounds all by ourselves. The reason the fairgrounds gets over because it's an opportunity for us to be fruitful and to multiply and to say, get your friend who won't come to church, but I can't say lie to him. I was going to say, lie to him and bring him to the church. <laughs> bring him to the fair. But uh, just... Under camouflage disguise. Bring them to the fair. And then they get there and worship God and believe they get saved. And they go, hey, that's awesome. But do, do you even understand that? So watch that. So we get to heaven and we go, God, I never had a chance to reach anybody. He says, are you kidding? I gave you the fairground. We go, God, open door. God, do this. God, do that. Look at our back. We're going to do the backpack outreach and get involved and, 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 and minister to family and to kids. And last year, Walmart goes, Walmart connect with you and goes, we're on board. We'll help. And, and then you, some of you sit here and go, well, I don't know how to give a backpack to a kid. That'd be, that'd be $11. It'd be a mocha and a donut. 
No, it'd be a life change. <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow doing the apology next week for this message. <laughs> Are you with me? Are, do you understand what I'm saying? What will it take for you to take a leap? Because it's too easy just to be Adam and Eve in the garden. Your presence is heaven to me. And it is. But Jesus went from his presence into the place where the people were and worked miracles amongst the people. And that's what he calls you and I to do. Are you doing all right? Wow. You guys take longer than first service. They were praying for you today. They said, Pastor, that group, I can tell, I just feel it. They need help. Amen. So look, so as a church, if we're truly alive, we should be growing. How? In new lives, new converts, new disciples, new ministries, new outreach, new miracles, new breakthroughs. There will be increase and multiplication. If we're the church and we're truly alive, we will, there, we will be growing. There will be increase and there will be multiplication. Think about it. We got an email back from Char Wan, and, and, and we look at our budget and what we can do for missions. So we told Char Wan, we're, we're going to be able to support you $500 a month for this year, $6,000 given to the kids there in India on the streets to do medical missions in India. And that, and he writes back and just, oh, I, I, my English is not good enough to convey my thanks back to the people. But let me just give that. When you can take a leap of faith to be a giver and to trust God with your finance, it doesn't stay here, it goes around the world and there are kids but you have to get a leap of faith to believe that this right here is not your source that's not your source my god you will never have enough of that to do what you want to do but if you take the leap of faith and accept the invitation of god to step into his promise for your life that he wants you to be fruitful and to multiply he'll make sure that when you release this he creates a flow through your life Glory to God. Amen. Now watch this. Faith is the common denominator in the lives of those who are growing and increasing in God. Why? Because it empowers them to take the leap of faith. Faith, faith moves. You, when faith starts stirring up inside of you, you got to move. You got to move it, move it. You got to move it, move it. You got, you got to go. Amen. I'm sorry, I use way too much of my brain. People were asking me, Pastor, what happened here? I said, Well, they did a CAT scan, said I had too much, so they sucked a third of my brain right up below my ear here. Tried to slow me down. Amen. To accept the call and leave. So, what happened? Now, let me just say, it's different. It's the same, but it's different. It's the same for all of us, but it's a little bit different. Your leap, my leap. The principle's the same, but it'll look a little bit different. Your sphere of influence is different. What God's gifting and calling you to do is different, but it's still going to take the same leap. We're all going to do it by faith. 
So what happened? Pastor Sue and I, I graduate from Bible school and we're there. And then a guy walks up on the platform and says, hey, why don't you come run our Christian school and work with us in the ministry? And so the call to accept and leave your familiar surrounding, take a leap of faith. And then while we're there, everything falls apart. So to stay in that place, waiting on God with no visible means of support and yet seeking God uh, and yet seeing God come through time and time again required a leap of faith. I remember I told Sue when that whole thing fell apart and at the end of 1982 we come into January of 1983 I said honey we can't go back to Marysville I've seen people who came out and went back and they never went out again something inside of me says we have to stay right here and sometimes the leap of faith is just to stand not knowing what you're going to do but bless God I'm taking a leap of faith well you're not moving no but I'm standing glory to God and so you just stand there and you see God come through and supernaturally he makes provision where there is no provision. And then God opens a door and then the next thing you know, you're being called to pastor a church that doesn't believe anything you believe. I said, are you kidding me? I said, I'm a tongue-talking, Holy Ghost baptized preacher. You guys don't believe in any of this stuff. No, but we like you. I said, I like you too, but I'm afraid you're going to want to kill me in a little while. Brother Hood would call up. He said, son, are you still alive? Have they killed you yet? Literally. My pastor literally asked me that on the phone. Amen. But it requires a leap of faith. So for six years, we had a miracle there. And then all of a sudden, to leave security there with your family and move to a brand new community, a place where you don't know anybody and believe God will use you to build a church for him in that region requires a leap of faith. To be given six months of basic support and believe that you'll make it on your own after that. And now, 27 years later, here we are. See, with Pentecostal Church of God, I went to those guys and said, hey, we'll go plant a church. But you know what? You only give $1,500 a month. You can't do nothing with $1,500. So not knowing what I was saying, because I'm taking a leap. And when you're taking a leap, you say crazy stuff. I said, hey, you give me $4,000 a month, and in six months, we'll be self-sufficient. We won't need or require any more assistance. They said, we've never given anybody that much. I said, well, belly up and give me that much and we'll be self-sufficient. I said, okay. And they did. And the home missions director at that time, Jess Grissom, was pastoring in Auburn. And he wrote me a check. He goes, or he was pastoring, not in Auburn, in Live Oak. And he he wrote the first check. Four, and he wrote on the, (laughs) it messed with him, terrible, to send us $4,000. Amen. And so we, we had enough to rent a parsonage, to, to lend a, $900 for a house, and the other $3,100 went to rent a storefront. Amen. And we didn't even have any people. But we had a home in a building. So we were just stupid enough to go out and knock on doors. Made up some little funky little flyer. We had the old mimeograph machine where you typed on the stencil, you put the ink in it, you crank it like this. And we made up fly, we went door to door. Hey, we're starting a church. You want to come join us? Amen. People said, okay, here we are. Amen. And over the years, we've had thousands of people come through our church. In fact, we populated some of the best churches in this city. Because they come here and go, hey, I don't know about that. Look at that guy. This is a crazy guy. 
Amen. But, hey, glory to God. At least we're having fun. Amen? So what? Uh, and then after three years, we completely left Cameron Park. We moved to Placerville, and, and, and that required a leap of faith. And to blame, do you believe you can move in a new facility and renovate it with no money and hardly any people? We come in this building, stood in here, all the parts were there. I said, we'll take it. I don't know with what, but we will take it. Amen. And at that time, let me just help you. You might think, well, what I'm doing doesn't make any difference. At that time, when we were at the, the fairgrounds, at the, at the Memorial Hall building there, there was a lady coming to our church named Mick, uh, Sue Smith. Her husband's name is Mick. And, and their son's name is Damon. And that's how we met Cole McGowan, was through them. Because Cole and Damon were childhood friends, grew up. And so through that, Sue's coming. And you know what she was doing? She was running our tape ministry. She was duplicating the services on cassette tape. After service, she would duplicate them. And we had an old copy at one-to-one cassette recorder. And she would make the tape, take them all. And Mick would listen to him in the car. He wouldn't come to church, but he'd listen to the sermons. And she says, I like that guy. But he wouldn't come to church. But he listened. And then one day he says, hey, those are terrible tapes. And she said, honey, I know. You should buy him a new duplicator. And so the guy that won't come to church... But listen to the tapes. Bought us a brand new $1,600 duplicator. He bought us a three-to-one. We, 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 we had a three-fold increase. We went from making one-to-one to three-to-one. Glory to God. We were high-tech. Because the guy, why? From a lady who was just being faithful making tape and then took him home to her husband and then her husband listened to him and then he gets, God is using this guy. Come on, just a leap of faith. See, we, we, we think it's all great, but then she's just doing that, and so then he's not coming. Then we're moving in the building, and he calls me personally on the phone, calls my house. He goes, hey, Donna, I hear you guys got a building. You're going to be moving a new building. Heard you might need some money. I said, yeah, Mick, I need a lot of money. He said, I'll give you $10,000. I said, dude, you don't even go to the church. <laughs> I know. He said, I'll give you $10,000. Let me know if you need some more. I said, I need some more. <laughs> But wait, 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 but wait. And so when we took this building, we had, we had been, we had been in, a, in, in, a, in a building fund program. I'm such a good fundraiser. We'd been in a building fund program for three years. You know how much money we had in our building fund program? $6,000. I said $3,000 was wrong. But, but in first service, I said three, but it was $6,000 that we had in our building fund program. So I'm talking with Russ, our landlord. I said, we'll take, we have, I have $6,000. I don't know what I'm, do you know what happened? In six weeks, six weeks, the day we said yeah, from six weeks, 25,000, we didn't take an offering, we didn't ask for money, $25,000 came in in six weeks. We had plans drawn up. I went down and saw Brotherhood, my pastor when he was alive. He was passionate new life. We, we had the sanctuary drawn up in plans and, and it just was a bare floor. It didn't show anything in there. And, and he goes, what are you doing for seating? I said, I don't know right now. I just have faith for walls. <laughs> I'm, I'm at walls right now. And Brother Hood goes, you need pews. I said, I agree, but I called the people that do the pews. And pews were almost $14,000. He said, tell you what. This is the greatest service I ever had. He said, tell you what. You come preach for me on a Sunday night, and I will give you $10,000. I said, my, my calendar's open. <laughs> Pick any, anyone. 
So I did. I went down and I preached Sunday night for him. And that Sunday night, he told the church Sunday morning, he said, Don and them, they're doing church, they're playing church. They've gone out from us, they're doing this. And so we're going to, I told him if he would preach, we'd give him. Out of all the pledges, New Life and Building Fund programs that New Life ever took up, that's the only offering and pledge they made that 100% of it came in. And it all came in that Sunday. Amen. You say, you say, Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm just trying to tell you if I can encourage you to take a leap. See, look, we, we didn't have it, but God always, in living by faith, you fasted and prayed for 21 days. You're seeking God. God will do so. Every one of you are connected to the vine. You're a branch in Him, and He has declared over your life, be fruitful and multiply. It looks different for you, but God will do great things through your life. Wow. Can I finish this this morning? I know I should quit, but just let me finish. So watch, watch. So we do that. And then to believe you can build an outreach facility that will reach young people and families in your county with just a handful of people. We have a Lord's Gym that churches five times our size. Churches of a thousand people would not try to build what we built. But you know what? I'm just a goofy guy with glasses. I could care less. I just think God would do it if we would believe him. He'll do anything. How many believe God wants us to have a better building than this? Amen. Amen. All it's going to take is a leap of faith just to step out and do it. If we'll do our part, God will soup. You hear me say it all the time and you wonder where I get it. God will supernaturally from unexpected sources bring resources into your life. Amen. He just needs you to take the leap. To take the leap. Then what? What? It's to believe that where we are is not our end. Only a place to prepare for what God has in store for us. What about to believe in your life? I want you to believe in your life. Hear me this morning. I want you to believe in your life. To see the exceedingly and abundantly above all. You can ask your thing come to pass. It will require a leap of faith. But Paul said, hey, Paul writing to the church, to everybody in the church, he said, hey, that you should believe that God will do exceedingly and abundantly. So while you're praying to be fruit, listen, Jesus said, when you're bearing fruit, what you ask, he will hear and do for you, but he will do it exceedingly and abundantly above what you are asking. Are you with me this morning? Glory to God. He'll do it. He'll do it. Now watch this. What about to believe in the gifts and ministries God's placed in you to reach the lost, to heal the sick, to bind up the brokenhearted, to restore hope and bring forgiveness and restoration to the outcast and downtrodden people in your sphere of influence? What about taking the leap of faith to believe that? What about to love those whom God is calling you to love for him? Everybody look up here. We're great at loving who we want to love. We're awesome at that. But to love those God wants you to love, that's something else. You know, Friday morning, Mike calls me and said, Pastor, I have to give you some bad news. One of our guests Thursday night ran through one of the doors in the fellowship hall over there. Got a little tweaked. Crashed through the door. So now we've got to replace the door. Glory to God. Doors are cheap. 
Lives or not. Amen. They go, let's go, let's turn up our church. Yeah, glory to God, door up the church, glory to God. We can afford a door. Amen. Life is more valuable than a door. Are you with me? But see, all that stuff, well, bless God, will do that. And, and, and there's churches in our county that won't do it because that, that having homeless people in your church might cost you something. You might have to wash poop out of, out, of your, out, out of your parking lot. You might have to wash it off your stair. You might have people shouting in the back. You might have, you know, all kinds of stuff. Who cares? Who cares? Because it's, it's easy to love the people you want to love. It requires a leap of faith to love the people God wants you to love. Amen? What about to break out? From where you are into what God has for you. Everybody look up here. You guys are so awesome. You're so spiritual. You're awesome. Every one of you. Really, you are. But you know what? You're just like this money. You're ju- you are just like this money. The only way... For this one, I got one, two, three, four, five, six. I got six bucks. Okay? My wife gave me my allowance. (laughs) But you know what? This is all this will ever be. It's either going to be this or I'm going to spend it on it. So I have a choice. I can either spend it, hold it. If I hold it, that's all it will ever be. Now if I invest it, it can increase. But in order to invest it, it has to move away from me. So you are having twins. And this is all I have. And you're going to need more than this. But I'm going to give you $3 for the one on the left. And $3 for the one on the right. Okay? Okay? All right. But in order for it to move away, once it moves away from you, you sow it. And it takes a leap of faith to sow your time. It takes a leap of faith to come and give your time in ministering to other people's children. It takes a leap of faith to serve and sound and stuff and make things happen and greet people at the door and do things. It takes a leap of faith to invest. But if you sow it, God will multiply it back to you. Amen. Bill, come back. I want the whole band back. If we can do that, let's play more to be done in this city. Greater things are yet to come. How many believe that? Thank you for allowing me to go long this morning. Let Let me finish with this. I want you to believe that God has ordained for your life to be greater than the value of one. To produce increase and multiplication into his kingdom. Every one of you. There's somebody connected to your life that could be next to you this morning in church. Every one of us have people connected to our life that could be next to us. I want you to believe that God has ordained your life to be greater than the value of one. Think about it. Jesus was willing to take the leap of faith that's there in the bottom of your outline. Leave the glory that he had with the Father. Literally change his nature for all of eternity. Be born as a man to be raised as our Savior. To experience the shame of the cross. And taste of death for us to have life. 
to become poor that we through his poverty might be made rich, to be separated from the Father so we could be reconciled to him. His leap was for all of us. His leap was for all of us. What will yours be for him? And him alone. I'm not asking you to do anything for me. I'm asking you to take a leap of faith for God. Sean shared that testimony of that young man. I almost said his name, but I won't. Who came to the gym. Cussing and fighting. We kick him out. Carrying on all the time. But now, years later, writes you back. Thank you for not giving up on me. I'm now a father. And what you showed me changed my life. Thank you. Thank you. But see, wait a minute. Wait a minute. See, we forget. Because as a body, as one person as a body, we took a leap of faith together. When we planted that gym, we asked 30 people to give $1,000. They were founders. We said, you know, if we could get $30,000, we could get this thing off the ground. It took a lot. It took about 10 times that much. But we did it. And we have a gym. And in 10 years, this October's 10 year. Do you know that we have average 600 teenagers with memberships there for 10 years? That's an average of 6,000 teenagers over 10 years who have been ministered to. It's more than that because it rotates. But we maintain that average. Glory to God. Take a leap with us. Make this year your leap of faith year. Amen? I don't know about you. I'm ready for my next leap of faith. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them this. Look at your neighbor. You're just the right age to do something great for God. You're just the right age to do something great for God. You're just the right age. Glory to God. Abraham was 100 years old. God said, Abraham, you're just the right age to have a son. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Amen. You're just the right age. Moses, you're 80 years old. You're just the right age to be a deliverer. Amen. Jeremiah, you're 17. You're just the right age to be a prophet. David, you're 13. You're just the right age to be anointed king. Be a few years, but you're just the right age to be anointed king. How many of you know that? Just the right age to be used by God. All it takes is a leap or I can just do my Sunday cycle I don't know about you I love Sundays but I'm ready to jump at something glory to God amen how many are with me how many say this year all I'm asking you to do this year ask God to stir something up in you God I want to take a leap of faith I want to do more than believe impossible to please you without faith and I'm going to diligently seek you for the leap that you want me to take. Would you stand to your feet right now? Hallelujah. Dave Mueller, will you come up here real quick?
need to pray over Dave. There's been some transition in his life. He's going to be moving to Sonora for a season. I told him he can go back and be with his parents, but it's only a, a sabbatical. He has to come back to his family. So we love him. And uh, I'm going to ask our elders and leaders that are here. If you're here, one of our elders and leaders, you come up. Let's get around Dave. We just want to pray over him and bless him. Church, would you stretch your hands out here this morning? It's a dear, dear friend of our dear man of God. We love him. Been such a blessing to our church. We want to pray God's blessing over him. 